You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. It is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendez. I'm a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of this Locked On Rams pod, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Welcome to another episode here at the Locked On Rams pod. This is going to be your Wednesday edition, our middle of the week episode. And we have two very interesting topics to cover today. We're going to talk about the cornerbacks situation for the Los Angeles Rams this past season, continuing our positional review series. And then we're also going to talk about their upcoming free agents for this free agency class here. We're going to talk about where my colleagues at PFF have multiple players ranked, break it up by offense and defense in the second and third segment. But before we get into all that, we do have to talk about our positional review series. Like I mentioned, we're going to continue today with the cornerback spot. I considered doing the whole secondary together, but there was just going to be too much to cover for one segment. So I'm going to split it up and do the cornerbacks today, and we're going to finish it off at least the defense with the safety position at some other point in time, potentially tomorrow. But for now, we're going to talk about the cornerbacks. And in my opinion, when you talk about the best cornerback in football, that is Jalen Ramsey. When you talk about the best duo of corners in the NFL, that is Jalen Ramsey and Darius Williams. And when you talk about the best trio of cornerbacks in the NFL, that is Jalen Ramsey, Darius Williams, and Troy Hill. This trio, this group, shouldered the majority of the load for the Rams this past season. Their secondary was clearly the best unit on the team, obviously the defense as well. There is no question in my mind, these guys were the majority of the reason as to why the Rams were so successful on defense, why they fielded the number one defense in the NFL. It all really comes down to how well these guys covered receivers all season long. I'm glad that we have the PFF numbers here to break down And we will begin with the number one corner, Jalen Ramsey. He was the highest graded corner according to the PFF coverage grades. He had an 80.3 coverage grade. Darius Williams came in second with a 79.6. And Troy Hill came in third with a 75.7. So all three players graded out very well for the Rams and amongst their peers. When you look at their coverage snaps, Troy Hill actually led the way with 582. Ramsey with one less at 581. And Darius Williams at 548, so a little bit behind, but not too far behind. Then when you look at the targets, it shook out similarly. Troy Hill allowed a 67% completion rate. But mind you, this completion rate statistic is always going to be a little bit higher for nickel cornerbacks. I'm not really sure why. I don't know if it's just that the quarterbacks are more comfortable throwing across the middle of the field to their slot receivers or what the case may be. It would be interesting to read a study as to why slot corners and slot wide receivers are more in the mix of the action. So don't put too much into this completion percentage statistic. 67% is still pretty decent. He allowed 61 receptions on 91 targets. Ramsey and Williams, on the other hand, both allowed 50% in terms of their completion rate. Ramsey allowed 32 receptions on 64 targets and Williams 34 receptions on 68 targets. Looking at the yardage, Troy Hill led the way with 577 allowed, Jalen Ramsey with only 309 yards, and Darius Williams with 504. The touchdowns, Troy Hill, one, Jalen Ramsey, three, Darius Williams, two. The first downs is really where Troy Hill, in my opinion, struggled. He allowed 36 first down receptions. That's a pretty drastic amount. Ramsey only allowed 19, Williams only 21. 
Then you look at the interceptions. This group combined for eight interceptions. They were absolutely tremendous. And then you look at their ability to continue to make plays on the football in terms of forced incompletions. Troy Hill, seven. Jalen Ramsey, eight. And Darius Williams with 13. These guys were absolutely tremendous last season. Any way you slice it, they were great in coverage. They were great at making plays on the football. And not only that, but they were good at making plays on the football in clutch situations and turning it into points for the offense and for the team. We've seen it with Troy Hill. He scooped and scored a fumble recovery that was a touchdown. And he had a pick six. And he might have had another pick six. I can't remember specifically if he brought two back to the house or not. But he had at least two defensive touchdowns last season. Anytime you can score on defense, I mean, that's really not only a bonus. That's just next level in terms of what you're producing. When you look at their passer ratings allowed, Williams came in with one of the best marks in the league, allowing only a 59.9 passer rating in his coverage. Jalen Ramsey, a 73, and Hill, a 74.3. So all three players were very, very good in coverage, very good when targeted, didn't give up much production at all. When you look at any metric, doesn't matter which, when it comes to you know the passing yards allowed in total, passing yards per attempt, completion rates you know, passes of 20 plus yards, big plays, any statistic in the passing game, the Rams ranked first, and it was all due to the play of these three guys. You can't really take your hat off enough for them. You cannot give them enough credit. They're so good. They were amazing last season. And not only that, but they were very consistent. And all three of them were able to stay healthy and remain on the field for the majority of the season. That is a big part of the reason why the Rams had so much continuity at this spot, so much production is because they never really needed to replace anybody. Their fourth cornerback was David Long, and he only played in 71 coverage snaps, and he didn't look that great out there, but again, he didn't get much time. He was only targeted seven times and allowed five receptions of those seven targets, one of which was a touchdown and four of which were first downs, but in my opinion, David Long was stuck on the outside in the boundary, playing a boundary corner position, and I don't think that's his best role in the NFL. I think he should stick to the slot slash nickel spot, And that's not really where he played the majority of his snaps, unfortunately. I think he replaced Darius Williams when he had a small wrist injury, which I'm not even sure if that was reported on the injury report or not. But you've seen him wearing a wrist brace late into the season, and the Rams did start to kind of swap him off the field. And I'm assuming it's due to the injury stuff as opposed to not being happy with this play because the guy was absolutely tremendous this season. Unfortunately for the Rams, Darius Williams is slated to become a restricted free agent this offseason, and Troy Hill is an unrestricted free agent as well. And that means the Rams could ultimately lose one, if not both players in the free agent class. And that is exactly what we're going to discuss in the next two segments. We're going to talk about the PFF top 200 free agent rankings, specifically the players on the Los Angeles Rams roster. And while we've got you, come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MEP and you can find the page at Locked on Rams. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, and BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. That's BetOnline.ag. We're covering everything you need to know about the Los Angeles Rams, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. 
It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to the second segment of this Wednesday midweek episode of the Locked On Rams pod. I did mention before the break that we're going to talk about the rankings of the PFF Top 200 Free Agents, specifically of the Los Angeles Rams, and we're going to break it down into two segments here. We're going to talk about the offense in this segment, and we're going to talk about the defensive side of the ball in the next segment. And unfortunately for the Rams, they have a pretty decent amount of good players slated to hit the free agent market this offseason. And not only that, but they are currently sitting in the negatives when it comes to cap space, roughly around negative 30 million. We don't know 100% what the cap number is going to be set at just yet. So it's hard to project exactly how much cap space the Rams are going to have, how much cap space every other team is going to have, and how much space the Rams and every other team are going to need to make in order to either re-sign their own players or replace their own players by signing outside free agents. And so the Rams have a handful of important free agents slated to hit the market, most of which are on the defensive side of the ball, but they do have some impact players on offense that could very well go to different destinations here and put together some very good seasons and ultimately return some value when it comes to their contracts. I don't think that the Rams are going to truly feel a huge loss on the offensive side of the ball, and that is where we're going to start here with tight end Gerald Everett. Everett was the first draft pick by the Sean McVay era. When Sean McVay was hired in 2017, the Rams, I believe, had the 39th pick in the 2017 draft, and they did trade back with the Buffalo Bills. I believe they went from 39 to 45, though that might be incorrect. That's just off the top of my head. And they did take Gerald Everett with that pick, and Everett was a raw-ish kind of tight end, a move guy, not a guy who's going to put his hand in the dirt, get down and dirty, block a lot. He's more of a glorified big slot receiver. He's an athletic move tight end, and he's graded out pretty well over the course of his career when it comes to the PFF grades. In 2018, he was the fifth highest graded tight end in the NFL. In 2019, the 10th, and unfortunately for him, this past season, in a contract season, it was arguably his worst year in the NFL when it comes to his actual efficiency metrics. He ranked 45th among all tight ends, and he had a PFF war ranking of 44th among the tight end position. The PFF war ranking is the wins above replacement ranking. That essentially just compares that specific player to your average player at that same position, determining how much more or how much less valuable they are than that average player at that said position. So not a very great ranking in terms of the PFF grade, not a great ranking in terms of the PFF war ranking, but PFF does project Gerald Everett to get a decent contract on the market, a three-year deal with an average of $5 million per year, $9.5 million guaranteed, and obviously that would bring the total to $15 million, which I think would be a decent deal for a team that is looking for a tight end with a lot of potential, a guy that they can really utilize in the passing game as a dangerous yards after the catch threat, and a guy that could ultimately stretch the field and cause mismatches for defenses. Now, I don't think the Rams really put Everett in the best position to succeed. I felt like they left a lot on the table in terms of what he could do and how he could be utilized, but unfortunately, he never really hit that next gear. The Rams ultimately never were able to capitalize on his talents, in my opinion, and now he's very likely to leave the team And PFF has him ranked pretty highly. They have him as the 49th ranked player this free agency class. And that is pretty good for the tight end spot that is typically a relatively weak spot in the NFL. 
Unfortunately, he's likely to walk. The Rams don't have a lot of cap space. They already decided to pay Tyler Higby, who is the starting tight end. And just last year, they drafted Bryson Hopkins in the fourth round out of Purdue. And he is very likely and logically going to be the replacement to Gerald Everett. So it's unfortunate, but I think Gerald Everett is likely to find a new team in free agency. Continuing at the skill positions, Josh Reynolds is the next highest graded offensive player for the Rams. He is the 131th ranked player among the top 200 on PFF's list. And Reynolds is one of those very solid but unspectacular players. He doesn't really do anything tremendously or any part of his game turning out to be great. But he's a very solid player. He can do a little bit of everything. He can work vertical. He can catch footballs. He's got good hands. He's a pretty solid route runner. He can work in that intermediate part of the field. I think he has some contested catch slash jump ball ability. The Rams really never utilized him in that role. And he was never really able to show off, you know, different aspects of his game in my opinion. But solid player. You know, I think he's worthy of a starting spot somewhere in the NFL. He's only 26 years old. And I do think some team that could use a spark at the receiver spot, maybe looking for a number three wide receiver, could ultimately be interested in a guy like Josh Reynolds. He's very dependable. Every time somebody's been hurt for the Rams at the receiver spot over the last three or four seasons, Reynolds was able to step up. We've seen it with Robert Woods in 2017, I believe it was, Cooper Cup in 2018, and then Brandon Cooks in 2019. Reynolds stepped up in every season, replaced a good player in a completely different role and every time he was able to produce. So that's a shout out to Josh Reynolds for staying ready so you don't have to get ready. And the projected contract for Reynolds is a two-year, $4.25 million on average per year deal with $5 million guaranteed. That would bring the total to $8.5 million. And I just don't think the Rams are going to be interested in signing him. They did draft Van Jefferson 57th overall in the past draft, this last one. And Van Jefferson looks to be maybe as good as Reynolds already. And I think he has a much higher ceiling in terms of what he can bring to the table for the offense. So I do think Reynolds is most likely to be gone, but a very solid player. And I think he could be a good bargain signing for another team in the free agent period. The last offensive free agent for the Los Angeles Rams is Austin Blythe, the center, who is 28.6 years old, closing in on the 30-year mark. He is the 187th ranked player for the PFF top 200 list and I could see this pendulum swinging either way I could see the Rams signing Blythe to another one-year deal like they did last offseason bringing him back and kind of keeping that continuity along the offensive line but at the same time I could also see the Rams looking to actually get that next tier replacement somebody who's maybe closer to the elite level somebody that has a higher ceiling than Blythe does but Blythe has been a very solid player for the Rams over the last three seasons he's ranked pretty well when it comes to their PFF grading. In 2018, he was the 11th highest graded center. 2019, a down season, he was the 35th rated center. And then in 2020, this past season, another good year for Blythe. He ranked ninth among 36 centers. So very solid in my opinion. The projected contract for him is a two-year, $2.75 million per year deal with $3 million guaranteed. That would be a total of $5.5 million. And ultimately, I think the Rams could decide to bring Austin Blythe back. But at the same time, I wouldn't be shocked if they do look for a younger replacement at that spot, somebody who's a little bit more solidified in terms of their higher ceiling capabilities, somebody that can grow a nice connection with Matthew Stafford over the next few seasons. In the final segment after the break, we're going to continue our free agency review period, and we're going to talk about the defensive side of the ball where the Rams have many important decisions to make in the next few weeks. 
And while we've got you, make sure to keep checking back with us at the Locked On Rams podcast when we continue our off-season coverage for the Los Angeles Rams. The fitness industry is incredibly confusing and oversaturated with BS. The market is flooded with all kinds of protein bars, and there is none better than the Built Bar. I promise you guys that over the last two and a half years, I've lost 155 pounds, and I've tried every protein bar, supplement, candy, cookie that you can imagine, and the Built Bar is by far the best that I've ever tried. Their texture is unlike any other. It has a brownie-like, cake-like batter texture. It is unreal. I've never seen that in a protein bar. They have 18 different flavors. All of them taste so good. Personally, I love the coconut one. I am a coconut fiend when it comes to chocolate and coconut. There is no better combo. And that is why the Built Bar is the best bar and why you guys should check them out. They're healthy. They're low in calories. They're low in sugar. They have 19 grams of protein per bar. They're high in fiber. And they even work for you if you are on the keto diet. You even get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Wednesdays on Locked On NFL take a dive into the future of your favorite NFL franchises. Tony Wiggins and James Rapian are joined every week by a Locked On draft expert to talk prospects in the upcoming draft and young NFL players fresh in the league. Did your team have a big rookie performance this week? Or are they shaping up to have a premier draft pick in the 2021 draft? Get everything you need Wednesdays on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the final segment of this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Rams podcast. It is your boy, your host, Sosa. I appreciate you guys for sticking around this long in the episode and making it to this final segment. And I did mention before the break that we were going to dive into the defensive free agents upcoming for the Rams here in the next few weeks. And there is none that is more important than safety John Johnson. So we'll begin there. He is the 23rd ranked free agent among the top 204 PFF. And it's no surprise. The guy is a special player, a tremendous talent. He does everything well. He can cover with the best of the safeties. He can get in the box, stick his nose into an offensive lineman's chest, fit that run fit like a linebacker, get physical in the box, make tackles like a linebacker. And then at the same time, he has enough range to play like a single high free safety. He can do the two high structures at the safety spot. This is a true, legitimate, elite talent at the safety position. And it's going to be a hard pill to swallow for the Rams if they do let him walk. He's an ascending talent. He's a homegrown talent. The Rams drafted him in the third round many years ago. He's only 26 years old. And when you look at the PFF grades, he ranked 7th among 93 safeties in 2018 and 3rd among 94 safeties this season. He also ranked 3rd in PFF War this season among safeties and 10th in PFF War in 2018. The reason I left out 2019 was because that was the weird season where the Rams signed Eric Weddle, drafted Taylor Rapp, and they had trouble really figuring out their safety rotation there with Rapp and Johnson and Weddle. And not only that, but Johnson was hurt, missed the majority of the season, and so I kind of just threw that season aside. It's not really indicative of who he is as a player. What I do think is indicative of who he is as a player is the projected contract that our guy Brad has over at PFF for him. He is projected to get a four-year, $13.75 million deal per year with $26.5 million guaranteed and $55 million total. And the PFF crew does actually have the projection as John Johnson returning to the Rams on that deal. So that would obviously be a huge, huge addition, not really even an addition, actually, just keeping a guy like John Johnson would be so important for the Rams, their secondary, their number one ranked secondary. I don't think you can put a price 
on keeping the continuity there on the back end. That's a special group. I would do whatever I could to keep them all together and around. And ultimately, that's going to be a decision for the Rams to make in the next few weeks. The next highest graded defender for the Rams was Troy Hill coming in at number 42, a very quietly solid veteran player. That's what Troy Hill is. He's not going to put up any highlight like coverage ability or you know, huge plays. He's not going to ever be a top 10, top 15 corner. But if Troy Hill is the third best corner on your team, you're probably doing something right. He is 29.4 years old. The projected contract for Troy Hill is two years, $5.25 million per year, 7.25 guaranteed, 10 and a half total, obviously. And he graded out pretty well. I mean, you look at 2019, he was the 12th graded corner in the league. And this past season on a huge sample size, he was the 27th graded corner in the NFL. Again, that's a top 32 corner. That's a number one, essentially corner in the league. When you look at it, every team has a number one corner. Technically, there are 32 number one corners in football and the Rams had three of them inside of that top 32. So that's pretty crazy to think when you look at Troy Hill, his consistent production at the nickel spot. And not only that, but he can actually play outside the numbers. He was able to play in the nickel spot. And again, you know, he's not that dominant as a player. The nickel spot is probably a little bit weaker for him as opposed to the boundary, but he's a guy who's versatile, consistent. He shows up week after week, always healthy, very great tackler. That's probably the best part of his game. And in my opinion, if the Rams can bring him back on a value deal, that would make a ton of sense. But at the same time, I do understand that, you know, they're going to have to ultimately make some sacrifices this offseason. They're not going to be able to bring everyone back. And if Troy Hill does ultimately walk, he could very well be a starter, maybe even a cornerback number two for somebody else in the league. And unfortunately, talking about guys that may leave in free agency, I think this next one is a prime candidate to go find a huge deal somewhere else. And that is edge rusher Leonard Floyd. He comes in at number 60 on the rankings. He is 28.4 years old. So closing in on that 29-year-old mark, he might be starting the season at 29. I'm not exactly sure, or he'll definitely be finishing the season at 29 for sure, but He was a one-year deal for the Rams in the last free agency period, and he turned out to be an absolute home run addition. Not a tremendous pass rusher, though he did rank second on the team in pressures with 40-plus. That was the most in his career. He did have the second most sacks on the team with 10.5. That was the most in his career. And not only that, but he was absolutely dominant as a run defender. You guys heard me talk about it all season long. One of the best edge run defenders in the league, no questions about it. And when you encapsulate that entire skill set, that's why you look at the projected contract and it makes a lot more sense. Floyd is projected to get a three-year, $13.33 million per year deal, $22.5 million guaranteed, $40 million total. That is a lot of money. I'm not sure the Rams can afford that. And I'm not sure that they should ultimately even try to pay that. You look at Dante Fowler the year before, had a great season with the Rams. And then he goes on to get paid by the Atlanta Falcons, $15 million per year and puts together an absolutely terrible season. And now you look at Leonard Floyd, he was not that great in Chicago, comes to LA, has a career year, and is that a coincidence, or is that the Aaron Donald effect? I think it is the Aaron Donald effect. They could very well go into the pass rusher market this offseason. It is very, very deep. Off the top of my head, there are probably close to 15 guys I think could replace Leonard Floyd, if not be an upgrade for the Rams, playing next to Aaron Donald, getting that boost of playing next to the best player in football, I think the Rams would be wise to look at that market, look at another veteran edge rusher that they could sign for a one-year deal, maybe someone looking to rehab their value. And ultimately, I think the sign and the arrows are sort of pointing to Leonard Floyd walking in free agency, 
but you never know. The Rams could ultimately think he's a guy that is irreplaceable. And if that's the case, they're going to do what they can to bring him back. But I think Leonard Floyd is most likely going to be taking off in the next few weeks. And the last name to mention here is another edge rusher, Samson Ebukam, who the Rams drafted and is another homegrown talent, a guy that's been with the Rams for four years. He is the 197th ranked free agent on this list, so near the bottom of the list. And Ebukam has never really developed into anything. He's just a highly athletic player, a special teamer, a guy who will come on the defense and give you high effort, but not really sound in his technique not really sound in his responsibilities. But again, he is only 25.7 years old. He has a lot of development still potentially ahead of him, but I would not be the team to pay him and try to figure that out. And unfortunately for the Rams, the projected contract for him is two years, 4 million per year, 3.75 million guaranteed, 8 million total. I would not be paying Samson Ebukam $4 million to come back to me and play special teams. But I do think if Ebukam doesn't get the market that he wants, in this offseason, which is very likely for a lot of free agents, the Rams could bring him back for some depth, especially if they lose Leonard Floyd, and especially if they want a guy that's very stable when it comes to the special teams part of the game. There is a reason he was the 86th highest graded edge rusher out of 108 guys. Not great, not very productive on the defensive side of the ball, but when we're talking about a special teamer, a guy who's very consistent on that side of the ball, a highly athletic player, and somebody who's a high character guy, somebody you can trust. Ebukam is that, but ultimately I think the Rams could very well move on from him unless that free agent market never really materializes the way he's anticipating it to be. That is all we got for you guys on this Wednesday edition of the Locked on Rams podcast. I appreciate you guys as always for sticking around for another episode with me and make sure to keep coming back to me, man, because we're going to continue covering the Los Angeles Rams all off season long and we're starting to close in on the free agency kickoff in a few short weeks so things are really about to ramp up here in a short amount of time just a reminder come connect with us on twitter you can find me at qb's mep and you can find the page at locked on rams please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes content breaking news and a whole lot more